jazz music starts. You know, when I think about podcasting, I think about the first thing I learned when I was a podcaster. Here's lesson one. You start the show, we're talking about Cowboy Bebop! everybody and welcome back to your new favorite show my name is drew and i am joined as always by my good buddy miles miles how are you dude i'm doing great i mean <laughs> talking cowboy bebop and this has been it, it's it's weird we, we talked about this a little bit when we did the kind of intro for cowboy bebop and where we were when we first started watching the show and that which kind of lined up to us both kind of getting into anime at that point in our lives and so we're getting to the point where i had seen less and less of the show yeah i'm in the same position as as time had gone by but i'm still feeling like i i was almost 20 years ago like i'm still in that headspace of like re-experiencing this and it's been a it's been a really cool Really cool thing because I I I feel like you know we talked about this how I haven't revisited Bebop in such a long time because I was always a little concerned about how I would feel returning to it and that you you and I had kind of a sim- similar thing going on with that and so it's it's been a really interesting experience because from I, I would say from maybe an episode or two away from here is where my familiarity with the show kind of goes away. There's a couple of things I still remember coming up. Right. But I definitely, I I definitely remember, you know, like I remembered a bunch of stuff from the episodes that we watched tonight. And I can, I can remember at some point in the next, in the next 13 episodes, because we are at the halfway point of the show. Uh, I can I remember that there is a quest where Spike is trying to find a Betamax player, but I don't remember why or what it's for. Uh, I want to say Faye's involved, but I don't remember. Um, so I need, I need to see if there's a um, kind of the world of Cowboy Bebop art book, because I love the way tech is used in, in this show so much. I love how everything is is futuristic enough that they're in spaceships and stuff. But just like Gundam, it's like you've got all this tech that just has such a specific 80s Japanese look to it. Because <laughs> uh, I follow a couple of like retro tech blogs on Instagram and stuff. And I was I was looking at some like prototypes for Sony Walkmans and, and, and stuff. And oh, man. Like looking, looking like something that came, that came right out of like Gundam 0079. And <laughs> I and then like one of the first like portable TVs, which was like this little Sony thing that's got black and white, like black and, and white, two inch screen. But like, yes, six and a half feet deep. <laughs> yes, I love it so much. It's not practical in the modern age, but I just I there is there is something about the actual aesthetic of the build of these machines that just makes me so happy i i love the the 90s era stuff uh which is a lot of what we see here just like i don't know there's something about the these these boxy blocky but smooth cornered kind of there's again this is something that you know if you look at a piece of japanese technology from the 1990s it's got a feel to it. And if you know mm-hmm. that feel, you know that feel. It's like right behind me as we're recording, I have the rectangle that is the Super the Super Nintendo, and I've got the gorgeous rounded curve of a Super Famicom. And it just looks mm-hmm. so much better. Uh, anyway, there, there's also a practicality to a lot of the machinery here, uh, unlike a lot of, of space stuff where everything looks like it's made just, just to look good on a poster. Everything here looks like, like it very working class. Well, it's all used. None of this yeah. stuff is new. This and I will argue that as we get into the first episode, especially there is technology that serves a very specific purpose, but it also looks like something they got secondhand from <laughs> or secondhand, 100%. third hand, something like that. And I want to take umbrage with every little blog typing away right now, talking about how this is the worst episode in Cowboy Bebop. No, it ain't. No, let's talk no, about episode 11. 
toys in the attic in the attic um so right off the bat and i thought this would kind of ingratiate you to the episode because jet opens up the episode with a star trek like monologue oh he's he's got he's got a captain's log he's definitely got a captain's log he's a space travel log oh nine six (laughs) eight so this is where the this is just where the references start in this episode Mm -hmm. because this is this episode is all about the references to other things some slightly more obvious than others uh but to make a long story short because i don't want to land too long on this episode tonight uh so oh, no, let's 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 stop and smell the space lobster. <laughs> it wasn't a rock. It was a rock lobster. There's another reference for you. So basically, there's something on the ship. It uh, it bites Jet. It bites Faye. It bites Ein. And it's something hunting, seemingly hunting them and giving them some sort of crazy infection. And uh, and that's where really where, where this episode is, is maybe the most sci-fi of any of the the episodes we have yes. seen i will i will definitely agree with that there is i mean let, let let's not mince words this thing is basically taking the plot of alien and then using a little bit of the star trek d space nine episode the alternate and just making its own little thing but but you also have because spike is using the the infrared goggles that he's got there's a mix of predator in there too like it's it's yep. kind of every there's a little bit of this there is a legit or star trek the original series sound effect that's used in a scene yes there too. is so what i like about this because i feel like they were like all right we have a space show let's do one thing that that is like an alien encounter but not quite and because i mean we've we've we have established that there are variations of creatures that we have on Earth. You know, we have the, the sea rats. We've had we've had other things. So having something weird ha- go wrong with a lobster that that Spike just left in the fridge a year ago, which is wonderful. That, that is a, a wonderful denouement for this episode. <laughs> Such a weird, weird thing. Uh that, that, and that, that's not my problem with this episode. My, my only real problem, because I like the buildup. I like the buildup of, you know, establishing kind of this alien plot line where you have Faye get bit and then uh, poor Ayn, who was doing his 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 best job hunting this thing down. No <laughs> one's listened to him bark. Um, I, I don't know how the purple appears on his fur, but that will will we'll move past that. <laughs> hey, you know, uh, but but there's there's other stuff that I like about this episode, too. So obviously this episode is set up. Well, not obviously necessarily uh, this episode is set up where they are between points. They're low on money. Yes. They're low on everything, but they are. T- but they have to make a long trip from one place to another. And there's just nothing to do. So. While this is going on, the episode actually opens after Jet's uh, uh, captain's log with him and Faye playing some kind of dice game (laughs) where you just a strip dice game, a strip (laughs) dice game where you just see Jet already in his underwear. (laughs) Well, and and, I mean, I, I don't know why he did this, because Faye Faye is known to be a fixer of games. And of course, Spite walks in and immediately knows how she's cheating. <laughs> and they give you a little clue, but you don't know that it's a clue when it happens on screen. That's really, right. it's really, it's really nice. And of course, uh, well, we we see Jet says, oh, well, I said I'd do it, so I'll do it. And you just see underwear fly across the screen <laughs> what i love about the scene is when spike walks in you expect him to go Ooh, and he is just unfazed <laughs> i i love that and that, that honestly speaks to some of the maturity in this show because when you you have certain characters spike never really does the the typical animated bs stuff when it comes to how he reacts to things when he when he uh, there's, there's a couple stuff, there's a couple of things in the next uh in the next episode but we'll get into that not not with spike no with spike we'll talk about it when we get there there's, yeah he, we'll talk about it cause ta- I, I don't think you're i don't think you're you're talking about what i'm talking about yeah probably not um he does he doesn't do the same thing that a lot of male protagonists in anime do which is overreact to 
anything out of the ordinary in regards to sexuality. Until he talks to uh, a transgender worker on the street in the next episode and they start hitting on him and asking if he wants to to party with them. I see but I I don't he's not he, I would disagree with that too because he he is not reacting to anything other than the situation of him being propositioned and he's just like no I'm trying to do this one thing. I he he is not as cartoonish as most male anime characters get. That that is not how that scene read to me but I will agree with 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 that with with your with your take for almost everything else. Fine. Anyway, um, we don't we don't have to agree, but but I I do love that about Spike and and, and in terms of like him walking the situation and he he knows exactly what's happening because he knows face cheating and that Jet's dumb enough for whatever reason to in get involved this game with her. It's a small I, ship, you know. <laughs> things happen. <laughs> I get that. I I just. Uh, I feel like the way Jet talks throughout most of this series, he would be smart enough to not do this. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Jet, with with the the as we're going to learn in in kind of in the past episodes and also in this episode, is that he's he's not quite the the professional that knows everything that he thinks he is. And there's a there, there's something to that. Uh, that. That's true. There's a lot of that going around on that ship. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah uh but then uh so so jet ends up getting bit as he's investigating he's going to get a blanket to wear because Faye has won all of his clothes in uh in and they're gambling and he gets bit by something and then he passes out and they try to figure out what it is and and ed is trying to figure it out with the computer and basically says the same thing that spike says which is like the most sci-fi nonsense that you've ever heard on the show like it's an alien creature or something that evolved uh, and then, of course, Faye has to take a bath and it bites Faye, which is <laughs> one of my favorite, favorite lines of the show so far. As she is worried that she's going to die, she proclaims, I haven't even committed any crimes, at least not any really bad ones. <laughs> Just... I, I, I love that. But we'll, she's, she's not saying that she hasn't done it. She meant like she's pleading like I haven't done anything wrong. Yeah. And I. I it, it plays to Faye's character. I mean, that that's Faye to a T. Yeah. Uh, so so Spike is he's got his his, uh, you know, sci fi goggles on where he's looking at the thermal signatures and seeing stuff bumping around and he finds Ayn has been bitten and we don't know where Ed is this entire time. Uh, Ed, Ed's off hunting the creature. For a little bit, at least. <laughs> and well, and Ed get, I think Ed gets bit and we just don't see her for the rest of the episode. I don't know that Ed gets bit. But. Uh, That's true. We, we don't see Ed get bit. We see Ed get attacked, but we don't see Ed get bit. Uh, but then the, we have kind of an exciting, you know, spike as Ellen Ripley, you know, get like getting geared up and thrown on the the gear and and one of the smartest things that he does is he sets the autopilot so that if something happens the ship will still make it where where it's going or where they can where somebody can can find them and figure out what happened which is just it's a little moment they don't draw any attention to it um and uh yeah and and of course when he's attacking the 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 creature this tiny little black ooze thing um he drops his cigarettes and then has to go back in for them, which is just a, a typical spike move. Uh, also, as a former smoker, that would be 100 percent the move. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, of course, he, he figures out that it was the rock lobster that he uh, that he got that he didn't want to share. So he hid it in a refrigerator in the back and something happened to it. And that that gross, uh, uh, you know, Black horrifying uh, refrigerator. Uh, and then this again, something that I really like. How is he going to get the refrigerator out of there? He turns off the gravity in the ship. Oh, that's it's yeah, great. I mean, so much about this episode really works for me. I mean, I, in terms of like how he's problem solving and I, the, the, I wish they got a little bit more of like at least said, oh, if, you know, the the rock lobster is gone for X amount or something, something might grow and mutate from it. Like he, he just says, Oh, I left a rock lobster in there. 
<laughs> but that 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 slime thing is not a rock lobster. No. So I I, I kind of would have liked just a there- little bit more in that explanation. And I think I think the episode would have landed for me because it because that he doesn't do that. I feel like it's just kind of like, yeah, this is a this is a funny thing I did. And this is the end. Yeah. And, and eats uh, it. And, and, and Ed eats it. And, and, and I do I do like sort of the the when when Spike kicks the, the refrigerator out and it starts spinning and opens up and you, you have this sort of classical music. Uh, I don't know the particular piece, but it's like Tchaikovsky. Is it Tchaikovsky? Is it is that mm-hmm. specifically a 2001 reference? Yeah, I believe so. Um, 2001, A Space Odyssey, uh, not. Yes, the year it's uh, Waltz of the Flowers. Ah, OK. Uh, so again, references all over this episode and, uh, and, and, and of course then Ed eats the, the creature and you know, all is, is right with the world. So yeah, it's, it's a, it's a funny scene because the, the, the creature you find out didn't get jettisoned along with the rest of the fridge and it's sliming towards Ed, Ed who had previously had a dream about having a feast is asleep again for whatever reason and is dreaming about having pudding and just unconsciously grabs the slime monster, shoves it in her mouth, and is completely fine with no symptoms. Um, speaking of, so I don't think that Netflix has all of these, um, or it's skipping to the next episode before I get them. But I remember when to, when the, the show was airing on Toonami, and at least the initial DVD release, they would have these kind of next time ons before or, or after the episode aired and before the next one began. And in the one for this episode, Ed states in the preview that everyone died and she is now the star of a show called Cowgirl Edward, which <laughs> is such a great gag, because especially considering the, ser- the severity of the next two episodes. It, just, it, it completely works for me. Well, and, and it's it's interesting that you say the severity of the next two episodes, because, again, this is one of this is often considered the worst episode of Cowboy Bebop. I I just don't see it. (laughs) I don't think it was as bad as that. But I also have to say this is certainly the one that I have enjoyed the least because you 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 have this episode right after Ganymede Elegy where we get a bunch of Jets story and right before Jupiter Jazz parts one and two, which is like the true midpoint of the of the 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 series and and you're you're comparing it with all of these just astronomically good episodes that it really I'm not. well okay but <laughs> but I am and uh, like when when you when you line it up with with a lot of the episodes that we've seen before and especially at the time in the series that it happens it just doesn't work as well and I would say that I, this, feel, this, I feel this, like if you're watching this show on a weekly basis as opposed to watching it a little bit more strung together like we are. You know, this we would have waited a week and would have gotten basically what we we would have perceived as almost a regular episode of Bebop. This is a regular episode, which is without a bounty. And like I said last week, I really like these downtime episodes. I like these kind of non episode episodes. But but uh, but I think this episode also just it stands out because it is much more of a Star Trek episode than it is a Cowboy Bebop episode. And I, I think that that hits some people the wrong way. I can see that. I think that, like, I think people might think that Watanabe may not be a f- as big a fan of, of Star Trek because he said he didn't want to be, like, chained to a show like people had who had done Star Trek. But I don't think that means he didn't want to do something like it. I think this was his his attempt to do the the one alien episode of Bebop. Yeah, and, and, there's, and there's already been Star Trek references in this show before. In the second episode, for sure. Stray Dog Strut, there's the the NCC 1701 license plate on the car. Right. That's a reference. But you got you get a whole episode where he gets to kind of exercise those muscles. You have the the captain's log. You have the 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 comparisons to the episode of Deep Space Nine. You have obviously the the plot line of Alien running through with a lot of the music fused in 2001. I think I think this was his chance to like, all right, I'm going to do all I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to flex all of my my space sci fi muscles here. Because that's not what the show is, but I feel like if I I don't, you know, I'm going to get criticized for you know not appreciating you know space stuff. 
because the, the show, this, despite the show being a space show, it's not really. I mean, you're right in, in that it is and it isn't. Um, there is plenty of space in it. There is plenty of of, but all of the 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 space places are stand-ins for other things. I mean, they literally have a space Tijuana in the show. That like right. Mars is the stand-in for for Hong Kong and they this well, this I planet think they is the stand-in. Space Phoenix, for, don't they? I don't I don't remember. I don't know. But what but, but <laughs> as we as we get into other other planets and we're going to go to two more <laughs> in the next episode, uh it is we 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 just get kind of each of the planets is kind of themed, you know, like, mm-hmm. and, and there's, there's Ganymede, there's Callisto, there's, there's uh, all sorts of, of different things. And that's really it. Like there's also stuff. And there's one thing about this show that really confused me a lot. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to try not to talk too much about it uh, because it's not at all a point of the show, but we'll get there. When we get there, let's talk about episode 12, Jupiter Jazz, part one. So I guess. The big takeaway for, for, for this episode is we are kind of getting a little bit back into the, the spike vicious background scheme of things, which I, I, I thought would happen a little bit more down the line than it does. Well, you gotta have that, you gotta have that midpoint, you know, it's a 26 episode series. You gotta have that, that point in the middle where you reintroduce some of the things. It's that's, in- that's true. I, I guess just because we had the, we had that big episode with, with Jet and, and Ganymede, I, I figured, okay, it might be a couple more episodes. We'll get a couple of missions under our belt before we have a big, you know, big story episode. And I guess that's what I liked about the, the prior episode is, is because it's it is sandwiched between these two, because this this goes right back into the whole, you know, vicious Julia Spike triangle that we had established earlier and what that means to these characters. This is a dumb question, Miles, and I just didn't remember. Was Julia's name mentioned before this episode? Yes. OK. I just I couldn't remember, uh, but we they're they're on the ship and they're looking for for things to do. And uh, and we we are actually open with vicious meeting with with the the sort of leaders of of the crime syndicate these these three tiny old men <laughs> in glass cases it looked like and yeah. in what in what may be the biggest ship that we have seen in uh, Bebop so far uh, just a gigantic ship with a huge uh, huge banquet hall basically. Uh, and they're they're going to go to Callisto, which is a moon of Jupiter, uh, and they're going to do a deal for some red eye. Hey, you remember red eye, right, Miles? Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, I can tell. I can see it in your eye that you're not out of tomato sauce for the Bloody Mary. Um, that's a reference. Anyway. That's <laughs> the, the first in the first episode. Anyway, <laughs> no, no, I, I know. I know. <laughs> uh, and uh, and so I, you know, they're they're. The back on the bebop, they they get this this ping about something going down on Callisto with codename Julia, to which Spike flips out and 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 freaks out and is about to go. He is has got to go. He's got to get there. Um, there is one thing that happens when Ed is on the computer that I just want to point out. She says just a bunch of of nonsense like seven eight nine ten one zero one one. But she says half of it in Japanese and half of it in English. The yes. Japanese script and the English script for that line are exactly the same. Uh, so you can go back and wa- I watched the scenes with both the, the English voice actress and the Japanese voice actress, which was kind of interesting to hear the two different takes of the exact same words, because that's not always something you get in this uh, in, in shows like this. What what bothers me about the the setup of this episode is that Spike just hears the word Julia as if it's not a super common name. <laughs> Jet even calls out. It's a really common name, man. <laughs> What's going on? Yeah. And I, I we understand that that might be a, a triggering name for him. But like there's there's nothing that that he is given that would associate the name Julia with the Julia that he knows now. But, but by happenstance of the story, it is. But like that, the the impetus of Spice Spike going off to Titan 
just doesn't really make sense to me. Yeah. And then he's he's willing to burn his entire relationship with Jet, which we learn has only been three years. Yeah. The weirdest thing about that scene is that when when Spike and Jet are kind of, you know, talking and Jet's like, well, if you go, if you leave now, don't come back and all this stuff. There is a slight smile on both of their faces. Which is it's a fight they've had before and they don't mean it that I couldn't. So this is where I didn't know if that was something that was intentional or if there was some more subtlety in the in the Japanese dialogue that I could. I'm pick not up on. sure because because the, the the end of this two parter, I mean, we, we know what happens. And so you have to wonder if if they they already knew this song and dance, they they were they were having a tiff, but they also both knew how it was going to end. Yeah, it's it's That's interesting. It's, I'm I'm curious about that. It's an interesting one, and again, it's it's just one of these things. Like the, these are some of the best episodes in the show. Just again, because the music is on point, the characterization is 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 on point. It's 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 like there the, the whole thing about him freaking out about Julia. We don't know that there's not something more that Spike knows, but we also don't have any indi- any indication that true. that is actually true. Like yeah. He he just goes off and goes. I, like I, it, it it rubbed me the wrong way too. Like I was like, why is he why is he doing this? It's like Julia is a supremely common name, man. What's going on? But, and, but you're you're one hundred percent correct because we don't know the context of his relationship with Julia or the Julia vicious spike triangle. We don't know what that means. We don't know how far that goes. So I, I think I think it's a valid a valid point to make that. Well, we just don't have all the information, but at the same time, it still left me kind of cold because like as a viewer, especially as an American viewer watching this for the first time, I was like, well, why is he doing this? Yeah, I mean, it's it's like I said, I have no indication that there is any more to it other than he just heard the word Julia and freaked out. I don't know. Right. I wish that there was more just kind of just to put a little dot on the end of that sentence. But uh, uh, but where we go. and, and well, in the meantime, Faye has run off. <laughs> we oh, forgot to mention that. Yeah, that's why. That's right. They're not looking for any. They're looking for where she went and they're looking for where they're looking for her and they find her on Callisto. I forgot. That's how this episode started. Because <laughs> well, what one of one of the main parts about this is we do get a lot of. A lot of character work with Faye. Because between this episode, I guess we should talk about both these episodes as one long hour long, because that's how it's kind of treated. It's almost treated like its own little full length thing. Yeah, I can do that. Because I think one of the interesting things about Faye, this is the first time we get a lot of insight into her where she just doesn't have it in her to trust anyone. And she was getting so comfortable with the people on Bebop with this adopted family that she had, that she had to leave because her, her, her upbringing basically is, you know, leave them before they leave you. And which uh, that that brings her, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't give her a pass, but it's, it's interesting to see like, okay, this is where her psyche is at. And this this is another one of those things that doesn't land super greatly with me. It only lands because of the conversation that she has with Gren. Yes, a uh, Gren, a saxophone player um, that we meet on Callisto. And I do want to talk about Callisto as a planet uh, just because I think it's really interesting. It's freezing cold. It is every, yes. people so cold that people are wearing face masks that like seem to be some sort of like technology to keep their faces warm and, and all of that, um, which Faye dresses like Faye just with a coat, which doesn't make any sense. But, you uh, know, it, it it's. <laughs> It's it's such a it's such a classic animation move where like someone had the same outfit on no matter what they did. Yes. Like th- there's only <laughs> one set of clothes that any of these characters have. <laughs> but uh, the, 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 the only like difference is like I think Batman the Animated Series is the first show I ever saw that didn't do that. And I would thought, oh, this is brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the other side of, of Callisto is that it is a town. It is a, 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 a moon, a, a, a place that has very few, if any, women living there, which is mm-hmm. uh, an interesting thing. Um, they don't really go into a lot. Why? Other than that, it's just a hard place to live. Yeah, there's a weird kind of. 
there's a there's a very weird sexist angle that a lot of this universe seems to have. Or like, oh, if this is a, a blue collar work implant, there's no women here. Yeah, and there's I was a lot like, of that's a it's weird it's weird there's a few won't play in 2021 aspects to this episode the opening with the the uh the i would say native american except they're on a different planet so i don't know exactly well i mean the that character is is billed as laughing bull is that that's not the same one that we meet earlier is it uh, it's the it's the one that's that's the, at the beginning of the episode and then the end of the uh the second episode but it's the, not the, it's where, not it's not the one that that spike meets in no no tijuana no, no. okay um but uh yeah so um <laughs> i kind of lost on where i am now got distracted so yeah we have a, pl- a planet that has no women and of course the the bartender uh, that gets questioned by a number of people uh, uh through here um kind of kind of reveals that you know oh it's been three months since i've seen a woman and it's been two years since i've seen a woman that gorgeous you know that sort of thing and of course he's referring to julia which is the first reference that we get to her having oh, been on callisto drew drew i am i am 100 percent incorrect uh laughing bull is the one that we saw earlier what oh. that helped uh spike try track down asimov well in the cool. first episode there we go I thought he looked familiar, but I didn't look it up. Um, So. Oh, there's a lot going on here, because right now we have Faye by herself. We have Jet by himself and we have Spike Mm -hmm. by himself. And Ed is just doing whatever Ed wants to do. (laughs) (laughs) Using poor Ayn as a pillow, that poor puppy, that poor pup. Um, So so as we will switch focus to Spike for a little bit, because Spike is, of course, looking for Julia and he's going through back alleys trying to to find any reference to to that. And this is where he gets accosted by a bunch of dudes. And this is one of the 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 best. I love the scene. The best scenes in the show, because these guys know that a drug deal is going down and they know that a guy named Vicious is looking for codename Julia to to do this so they just assume and call him out oh, so you're vicious so we're gonna take this money from you blah, da, 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 da. oh and you know spike is not gonna have mm. that and I, it's one of, it's one of the moments where you get to see spike completely angry unbridled in his fighting like he is flat out serious bruce lee attacking every single person and it is because through so much of the series, there is kind of this uh, almost kind of drunken warrior thing about Spike. But this is the first time we see him fighting where, I mean, he's he's brutal. Well, he's pretty brutal in the last vicious fight, too, when he's shooting all the dudes in the in the, yeah, in the church. But yeah, but what he's doing is telling fat thing. Sure, we made we made a comment about that, you know, about the the relationship between that and the and uh, um, uh John was the killer. Yeah. But this is the first time we see him like physically fighting people and being as brutal as he's being. So the the other side of that is that Spike seems to have superhuman abilities at this point. He punches, he punches a a metal tube and it dents. He wrecks people. He, he leaps 20 feet into the air. And the thing about it is, and again, they don't say that 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 Callisto has lower gravity than other planets. They don't not say it. They don't not say it. <laughs> so I just love that there's this concept that all of this could realistically be how that played out, just because Spike is used I, to. I would think so gravity. because most of the stuff we've seen with the physics in this show, even with the martial arts, has been pretty on point. So I I don't think that Spike all of a sudden becomes like a wushu fighter. Yeah. I, I, I think that he is manipulating the gravity and the other guys are just, you know, the grunts. They're not, they're not used to fighting someone who can actually fight like this. <laughs> he, he beats the snot out of those guys. There's 20 of he them, too. He absolutely he does. And it's amazing. <laughs> I, I, it's, it's such a great it's a great scene. Like it's his I am the night scene. <laughs> so meanwhile, while this fight is going on, uh, Faye is drunk at the bar and is talking to this character uh, that we meet called Grin and Grin had been playing the, the saxophone in the bar Mm -hmm. earlier and they just kind of 
kind of talk and 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 you know kind of have it out about you know what's what's going on and why Faye is there and he's the one who who's sort of uh you know talking about you know how how she left and how she how she's getting close to to people and she doesn't want to feel close to people and 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 then Faye just kind of kind of kind of accepts it and then leaves and as she's walking through She's looking for a fight. She is going to a dark alley to look for a fight to blow off some steam. And who does she come across? <laughs> but the same dude that Spike just beat up. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, Faye does not get to do too much fighting on her own because Grin comes in and just mansplains the entire fight. It's kind of a uh, that that a hundred percent. Yes, that's exactly what happens. <laughs> I, which which uh, which which I dislike that part. But then but then he I do too. But then he takes Faye back to to his apartment uh, for them to 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 talk and, and warm up. And and he has already made it clear that he is not interested in Faye in that way. Um, unlike everybody else in the bar, which I think disarms her a little bit, and makes her more more trusting of of of, of going with him. But uh but in the meantime, they just they're 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 continuing their conversation and they're they're going a little deeper in what's 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 happening. And and then I don't really know how to <laughs> how to how to move on to the next part there, Miles. Um Are you talking about the shower scene? Yeah. So All right, so basically Faye knows that there is some sort of connection with this person and Julia. Like he, she, she has gotten that much. And so she knows that, that uh, uh, basically Gren has gone to take a shower. Well, and this is, this so is she, when we learn what the other connection that Gren has. So uh, Faye, Faye takes her gun and sneaks up on Gren. Well, well, and so, well, the, well the reason that we, that we had to establish why she's she's taking the gun. Gren gets a phone call and it goes to voicemail. Yes. And who is oh, on the line? Vicious. Yes. But Vicious, which yes. Faye knows Vicious. Faye was kidnapped yes. by Vicious. <laughs> yes. Um, so Faye throws open the shower curtain and is very surprised at what she sees because Gren is very androgynous and basically explains we get kind of a flashback sequence uh, in terms of, of their story that after. Yeah, yeah, the, that, well, that's that's the cliffhanger. We should just say that's the cliffhanger for. Part it is one, the, yes, that's the cliffhanger, uh, which. Uh, yeah. But as we pick up on part two, which we'll go ahead and go right into. Go ahead. Yeah. So Grem was in this this war on Titan and was a comrade of Vicious. And afterwards, Vicious allegedly testified that Gren was a traitor. And when Gren was a prisoner after the fact, was experimented on and given hormones that affected his body. And is why the way that that, that Gren is when Faye sees Gren. Yeah, Miles, Miles used the term androgynous. I think it goes a step further than that i i mean it's i'm, I'm really, gonna be completely transparent i i don't know how to add i, I don't know how to adequately say that gren is trans because i don't know if i don't gren think that identifies that i don't way. think that i don't think that gren identifies that way either but what is clear is that from a stature point of view and from a boy, this is complicated to say because we're, I'm trying to be as, Look as at two straight white guys trying to figure yeah. out Cowboy Bebop. Yeah, this is like nobody <laughs> wants to hear our take on this. Uh, Grin has the. I mean, the, there's no take to be had. I mean, I mean just, yeah. this is this is Grin, the ha, Grin has the the bodily features of a woman with the exception of. The. You know, downstairs area. As far as what Faye tells us when she is pointing a gun at him, <laughs> but but yeah, we we so we're we're given the information that that Grim was given these these drugs that they were experimented on, and 
essentially has set up this whole deal to set up Vicious because Gren wants to confront Vicious and just see if that was the truth. If if Vicious actually did betray Gren. Yeah. And what's wild is we never get the answer to that question. Oh, yes, we do. I don't think we do. We do, because here's what happens. So we, we have a flashback to Gren and Vicious during the war. Because, right. because Gren keeps talking about comrades, comrades, comrades. Right. And this is again, this is something that took me completely out of the episode. They're on they're on this planet. Uh, they're on right. Titan. They're on Titan. Is that the one that, that, that we have? In this yeah, one? they're on Titan. And they're in a war on Titan that uh, <laughs> they're an attack on Titan. <laughs> um, and they're kind of in a uh, in a. Uh, um, I, I quit the show. <laughs> <laughs> they're in they're kind of, you know, in in the middle of combat. They're taking a little a little rest in, in kind of a of a trench. And Vicious has this this music box that he's playing. And he looks over. And Gren starts asking him, you know, what the what the tune is and if he could play it on the sax when he gets back home. And 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 Vicious places the music box in his hand, gets in his face and then stabs a knife right next to him. Vicious has saved his life by killing a scorpion that was crawling towards his head. And Miles, this is where I got confused, because why is a scorpion there? Well, I mean, Space scorpions. I, I, that, that doesn't bother me. What, what, so I, I, I remember the whole bit about, you know, uh, he meets Julia and talks about the music box and says, you know, hey, if Vicious gave that to you, you should, you should look inside it. And there's a there's a transmitter. But. I think his thing was he doesn't know that whether or not Vicious actually testified against him. Because that's the thing is like, yeah, we we know that Vicious was like doing doing something. Uh, not see, I just uh, I assumed if he did one, he did the other. Um, but we, we, we can't know with Vicious well, because well, because the other the other thing with Vicious is you've got this other this other story point with this character named Lynn that we haven't brought up yet. So so Vicious is there to make this drug deal. The the syndicate sends this cat Lynn with him, uh, who is uh very much a very stereotypical like for for the honor of the 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 syndicate and all this stuff and and of course in a when when vicious and spike do eventually uh eventually meet up again lynn is is killed because he uh dives in the way to protect vicious right and as as Spike and and Vicious are are arguing and yelling about this, there's this this idea that that Lynn didn't die to protect me. He died to protect the order, the order. Yeah. And in the Japanese dialogue, because I, I, I looked that up, the, the 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 language changed a little bit. He died to protect the rules the the organization the 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 kind okay. of the the idea that it uh, you know of, of any kind of structure to to society and uh and that that was that was 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 interesting in, in a way that that paints a little bit it's, more of a it's picture interesting, of interesting we so my my only complaint about that is we we don't really know Lynn well enough to like care that that happened no we don't it's it's just there like, it's just there because spike's reaction like we we have we have something where like spike knows this person spikes like they they can kind of say like spike kind of brought this kid up but like it would have been nice to have a couple of scenes maybe prior that like Spike is like showing a kid a ropes or something you know just to well, give us that, a little that, that is another thing that we do learn that lynn worked for spike uh, right during during you know spike's time with the syndicate um done anymore obviously but uh but as we get as we get through it um there's an interesting interesting moment um again in this fight right after lynn dies uh and spike and vicious are in a dog fight in ships which is also very cool because they Yes. You know, they don't fight on the ground anymore. Um, 
Spike yells out that that Lin's soul is lost. And again, you go look at the the difference in the Japanese dialogue. And it's it's that not just that Lin's soul is lost, but Lin's soul is lost because he was he died protecting. Vicious, who was unworthy of that protection in Spike's eyes. And it's, it's just an, another little flavor to that to that moment that. Again, it it. <sighs> It works and, for and me in the still, moment when I think about it too hard. It's kind of like, oh, that doesn't really make any sense. It's just kind of <laughs> I, I think it'll work for me better when I finish the series because because I have never finished it. I don't know. Like, I don't know the real reason that there is this this conflict between Vicious and Spike. And I well, don't know what happened. We do know that Julia was involved. That Correct. We we do know that Julia seemed to be with Vicious at some point. Whether that happened before or after, we don't quite know yet, although I, I think we have an idea. Um there is one other I, moment. I will say, like, from what we get, like Julia kind of sucks. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know. Like I I get I get like where he's like, I'm going to go look for my woman. And like, I don't know. I, I get that Julia is, is Spike's blind spot. And I appreciate having these these character moments. I appreciate having the stuff with Vicious like come back like like that's a consistent thing, because when we when we finally get that, what I assume is going to be a, like a three or four episode like story about how everything goes down in this show it's going to it's going to pay off but at this point in the show it it does feel a little stilted yeah i i i kind of agree with that there is one thing that i do want to want to bring up and this is about gren talking to to spike and uh mentions that spike's eyes are a different color mhm which yeah. was which was a a, a thing and and I look and it's like, I thought, wait, does Spike have heterochromia? And I just never noticed before. But the, but then they take it a step further in that. He his eyes are a different color, because when you look at them for too long, you see that there's more there. And I didn't know that, that this was a he died and he got different eyes thing or if there's just more to his soul that we haven't seen yet. I don't know. It was it was I think, I think it's both. <laughs> it seemed really interesting at the time, but. I don't know. I, I'll have to pay closer attention to Spike's eye color. <laughs> well, because I think I think Spike does get new eyes. He's got or at least a new got, eye. He's got a new eye. But he's both got of a his new eye. So both of his eyes are still brown. So right. So I, I feel like I feel like that's a that's a flavor of the, of, of the universe itself. That said, despite because I feel like that for whatever reason, we are being a lot harsher on uh, Jupiter Jazz than uh, we were on Toys in the Attic, which, you know, oh, no, I this, appreciate this. This the, this these episodes work really, really well. I, I, we're being a little more nitpicky just because I don't know. There's more to talk about. Like we could talk about Toys in the Attic all we wanted, but it's 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 a goofy okay, reference, so, so reference episode. Spikes like dressing up like. Arnold from a commando. Yeah, and he's got a his his fanny pack says ISSP, which is the, the space police that Jet was a part of. So he clearly got that out of Jet stash. Yes, I made that yep. note too, Miles. But <laughs> back on <laughs> Jupiter Jazz. <laughs> no, I, I I actually so what, one thing I like about Jupiter Jazz is that it kind of lives up to its name. There, I mean, obviously, there's the consistent uh, saxophone music they use throughout both episodes um and i couldn't get the name of the piece because it's one that i've heard it in several video games and it's also it part of the part of one of the the moments reminds me of a pop song Hmm. and i just i just don't know the name of the actual piece because I assume that even the pop song probably got it from a classical piece that I just I just don't know the name of. But it's not even it's, it's the music, of course, in the show is almost always absolutely stellar. But there is a, a specific moment that I that I noticed. It was it's when Faye and Gren are talking in his apartment and there is mm-hmm. no music and there's just this yeah. persistent clock ticking in the background. Yeah. And that 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 scene just works really well. It this this these episodes 
just work really well. And we haven't even talked about how how, <laughs> how Grin uh, Grin ends his story with Vicious. Um, I also want to mention Grin, uh, the English voice actor, is uh, David A. Thomas, who has done a number of things, uh, but. We know him as being the voice of the main character Shiro in Royal Space Force: The Wings of Oniamis. Is he? Yeah. Okay. Okay, I'm done yeah. with that. So, uh, but as we get down to it, the the deal goes bad. Grin gets shot. Spike tries to take on Vicious in order to 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 help Grin, and then Grin and Spike kind of you know get involved in the, the, the fight. Um, and of course, vicious planted a bomb in the money that he was going to give to, to grin. And of course, grin planted a bomb in the red eye that he was given to vicious. So there's bombs and bombs and bombs and bombs. Um, and we end the episode with, with spike trying to, to help grin get, get into his ship to go back to Titan, or at least to try to be on the way to Titan, because that's right this is one of those things where, where it's like that, you know, because we keep talking about comrades this entire, because that's what we were, this sort of soldier in arms, you know, feeling a part of something in that moment and this sort of romantic ideal of, of, of a soldier going off to war that is, is really oddly antithetical to, to a lot of what we see with Grin today as the saxophone player in the bar and all of that. But as, but it also makes perfect sense in, in a weird way with, yeah. with what we see of this character. Um, and, and as we, as we, we end, uh, we get back to the, the, the opening moments of the first episode as a, a light streams across the sky. And I can't tell whether it's the exact same scene or if it's, a different scene, but that is uh, that that we're seeing. Uh, but it feels like the same scene to me playing out as we see, presumably, Gren's ship uh, entering the atmosphere. That, that's that's what I assume as well. Although I I'm a little surprised with you, Drew. I understand that why you brought up uh, Shiro from Royal Space Force for the show, but knowing you and your love for Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> But you didn't bring up the fact that he plays the sorrow as well as Khrushchev in Metal Gear Solid 3 Space Eater, a snake eater. <laughs> the sorrow sorrow's barely in the game. I love the sorrow fight. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, the fight. Not even I, a fight. It's cool. I think it's really cool. It's really cool unless you go on unless you do a no kill run in that game, which I very regularly do, in which case you're just walking down. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that, 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 that's very true. Sl- I was slowly walking down a river. <laughs> so how did how did this get played? Uh, just recently was was doing that game and one of them basically murdered everyone and one of them did a no kill thing. And it was very hilarious to hear their their like conflicting encounters with the Soro boss fight. I, I still think conceptually it's very neat. It's very Kojima. I know this is, a, <laughs> this is a, a, a weird tangent, but um, I thought that was, that was super fun that, <laughs> that uh, David and Thomas uh, played the Soro and also uh, Khrushchev because why not? <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah. So as, as we, we, we see that, that star, you know, falling, Again, mm-hmm. we are are treated to a very different end credit sequence. The, the 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 show does not stop. The typical end credits, the real folk blues do not play. And we have this continuing. Continuing music go throughout uh, throughout the, the, the rest of, of, of the credits as it ends uh, with a with a big the end with the the instead of the normal see you next time cowboy we get. Do you have a comrade? And, and I, I love that. I, lo- I love the show chooses to do something like that in moments that the show feels are important, whether or not we know as the audience, if it's if, if it's really important, you know, as you and I have been picking apart for, for the last hour. Um, I love that the show is is confident in itself enough to be like, yeah. Yeah, this, this, this is important. 
So Miles, we're at the halfway point. How, how are you feeling? I, I'm feeling good. I mean, I even though I mean I, I will have nitpicks about episodes because I've I'm a big proponent of you criticize things that you absolutely love. Yes. I think this show is still hands down one of the best anime shows ever made. there's a weird there's a weird thing that goes on when you when you give yourself homework um yes when uh we 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 make ourselves watch these shows we do it because we like talking about them and 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 a lot of times i'll be honest there there are moments where i don't want to watch two hours of this or or (laughs) in the case of even even a thing that you absolutely love. Yeah, uh, like l- let's let's not talk about those episodes we did four episodes of for ne- Forever Night on. Oh, <laughs> let's not talk about the one birthday challenge where you made us watch seven and a half hours of Gundam. It's only six. You made us watch the entire Gundam trilogy. Yeah, again for your birthday one year. Again, so <laughs> but so so this is this is where as we are halfway through this show though I have to work myself up because it is a time commitment to watch and take notes and, and all of this on, on things to talk about it in the moment. I, I lose myself in the show and I have to keep yes. reminding myself, Oh, you should make a note of that. Oh, you should make a note of that. Oh, you got to back that up 10 seconds. Oh, uh, 10 more seconds. All right. What's this in the Japanese? And, and I, and, and like the, the whole thing at the start of Jupiter jazz, I forgot the whole plot point about Faye uh, leaving the ship uh, uh, and taking taking all the money with her because I was so caught up in everything else that was happening that I forgot to make the note of it. It, it, it. This show continues to be just truly exceptional and and is living up to so far so far we're only halfway through so far it is living up to my mental expectations of what it was going to be like going through this show again and i am really excited to get back to it yeah um i i feel the exact same way and it's interesting coming to across shows like this because i mean cowboy build-up is one of those shows that almost everyone is going to tell you oh if you're if you're interested in in getting into anime this is a show that you need to watch and so far at the halfway point, I'm not seeing a reason to buck against that. I well. I am. But okay. only only because I think this show is so unique that I think this show is a spectacular show, regardless of be, it being an anime or not. And that's, I don't that's not what I'm, that's what I'm saying. I don't know that I don't know that this is, oh, if you want to get into anime, watch the best thing you've ever that's ever been okay, made. That, that's that is that is on my bad phrasing. Yeah. Like as an exemplary example of the anime medium. OK, yes, this this shows what what you can do with the with the the right chemical composition to mix it together. Which- which is not to say that you have to do this to be a good anime, but if if someone if someone was to like ask me, oh, what what are some of the best examples of this medium? I, I would absolutely have Cowboy Bebop on this list, and we talked about this at the very beginning of this month, and I I haven't, despite when we nitpick episodes like we, we've been doing for, for a little bit, I haven't found any reason to to remove this from that list. Two white guys agree. Cowboy Bebop, one of the best ever made. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> oh, boy. I, I know we remind people that, that, that that's who we are, but maybe we should stop. <laughs> <laughs> so with that said, this is where we're going to put an end on this week's episode. Uh, so let's talk about next week. Next week, we are going to try to do four episodes Oh, so we're going to do try to do episode 14, Bohemian Rhapsody. Tom, you know, that's going to be the intro. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, Episode 15, My Funny Valentine. Episode 16, Black Dog Serenade. And episode 17, Mushroom Samba, which uh, I believe came up in the the very first uh, of these episodes as something that I had a, a, a weird personal reaction to uh, or. Well, we'll talk about it next week. So in the meantime, 
If you would like to find us, you can find us at themoreyanerd.com where you can find this episode and all of our past episodes. You can tweet to us at themoreyanerd and you can go to facebook.com slash themoreyanerd and you can email us themoreyounerd at gmail.com. That's themoreyounerd at gmail.com. And if you are shopping this week on our Threadless store, I believe that all of our regular T-shirts are $12 and everything else is 10% off as part of Threadless's Black Friday sale. Uh, don't quote me on that. That's just what they told me. <laughs> hoo Go get you a shirt. I need to get a bunch of them. Uh, well, with that said, Miles, uh, let's let's pack it on in, comrade. And let's uh, end the show as we always do with a rousing nerd, nerd. out. out.